house. And um, this morning, as the choir was, they were ministering, I said to myself, I said, I, I, I got it right. They were talking so much about the Father. Hallelujah. Did you know that? The songs were so much about the Father, the Father. And you know, we recognize God as our Father, don't we? We recognize God as our Father. Praise God. And so, we are going to talk about something else about the Father this morning. Hallelujah. We're still talking about service, so we're, we're not going out of service. Um, in the past month, we've learned a lot about being a part of the workforce in church, giving acceptable service. We should regard our work as being a part of the big picture that is in the kingdom of God. But this morning, I want to narrow it to our local assembly. Hallelujah. We know that whatever we do in the local assembly naturally dovetails into the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. So whatever we do here, we're contributing to the kingdom of God. So if I'm an usher, and by warmly welcoming somebody to church, the person feels loved and therefore was able to relax and have a wonderful experience in God's presence such that whether the person hasn't gotten born again before the person got born again or the person rededicated his life to Christ or the person even decided to be a part of the church or even learned something from the sermon or from the worship that turned his or her life around such that the person's Christian life takes on a new trajectory. At the end of the day, the kingdom of God is advanced. Hallelujah. Am I correct? At the end of the day, the kingdom of God is advanced. And it's the same thing for every one of us. We need to recognize our service we need to understand what our service eventually dovetails into. You cannot look at your service as working in a silo, just like in an organization. Do you know that the gate man can cause the company to make loss? Hallelujah. The gate man can cause the company mega loss. By just treating a high potential customer shabbily. And the person will say, if this is the kind of people they have on the outside, I don't want to do business with these people. So we need to also look at it from that perspective that every action and inaction that we do can either hamper or cause projection, positive projection, acceleration for the kingdom of God. You know, it still, it, still, um, it still touches me, even though it has happened so many, many, many years ago. But anytime I remember it, it still hurts me. When I read the story of Mahatma Gandhi, that this man, he studied in the UK, an Indian man. They call him the father of India. And he heard so much about Jesus. He heard so much about him. And so one day he decided that, I want to know about this guy. 
He's read the Bible. This guy did so much. I want to know about him more. So let me go and visit where his people gather. And just because he was a lower caste, they stopped him at the door. The usher or whoever it was stopped him at the door and said, sorry, only whites and pure castes are allowed into the church. You can go and read the story. And he said, I would have become a Christian until I met one. And generations and generations and generations of people that followed that man. Imagine the kind of influence he would have had. The kingdom of God lost massively because of one person's um, behavior or a group of people's behavior. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we need to understand that our work, even though it looks as if I am doing my work alone, but it is a big picture. Just like the man, the mason, that was molding blocks. And they asked him, they said, what are you doing? He said, I'm molding blocks. And they went further and met the second man. And they said, what are you doing? He said, I am building a cathedral. His part was molding blocks. But he saw the big picture. That this block is going to be a part of the cathedral that we're building. Hallelujah. And so we need to understand that. So this morning, I want us to look at service from another perspective. You know, when we talk about the kingdom of God, it sounds big. The kingdom of God is universal, isn't it? It's from here to the end of the earth. So let's take it, let's bring it back home. And that's why I titled my message this morning, My Father's House. You know, if we say the kingdom of God, it may look big, but if you say my father's house, serving in my father's house. And let's look to Luke chapter 2, verse 40, 41 to 49. Luke chapter 2, verse 41 to 49. And I'll be reading from the Passion's translation. I'm falling in love with this translation right now, so... You will, uh, you will pardon me. Hallelujah. In verse 41, it says, Every year Jesus' parents went to worship at Jerusalem during the Passover festival. When Jesus turned 12, his parents took him to Jerusalem to observe the Passover as was their custom. A full day after they began their journey home, Joseph and Mary realized that Jesus was missing. They had assumed it was somewhere in their entourage, but it was nowhere to be found. After a frantic search among the relatives and friends, Mary and Joseph returned to Jerusalem to search for him. 46. After being separated for him, from him for three days, they finally found him in the temple, sitting among the Jewish lead teachers, listening to them and asking probing questions. All who heard Jesus speak were awestruck at his intelligent understanding 
of all that was being discussed and at his wise answers to their questions. 48, his parents were shocked to find him there and Mary scolded him saying, son, your father and I have searched for you everywhere. We have been worried sick over not finding you. Why would you do this to us? Jesus said to them, verse 49, why would you need to search for me? Didn't you know that it was necessary for me to be here in my father's house, consumed with him? I'll read the Amplified Classic version of that verse 49. Amplified Classic of verse 49. And he said to them, how is it that you had to look for me? Did you not see and know that it, was, it is necessary as a duty for me to be in my father's house and occupied about my father's business. Hallelujah. So here was a 12-year-old boy who was barely a teenager. He wasn't a teenager yet, but he had separated himself from his earthly family to stay back in the temple. His purpose was clear. And his focus was definite. His focus was definite and his purpose was very, very clear. He knew why he stayed back. Hallelujah. And talking about our father's business, our father's work, our father's house, we must have a definite purpose. We must have a focus. Why am I here? What am I doing here? What is my purpose here? What am I supposed to achieve in my father's house? Hallelujah. And so we're going to be looking at four areas where the, or four things that we need to do or characteristics or qualities that we need to have Walking in our father's house. Hallelujah. Number one, purpose. Purpose. Now, if you look at that scripture that we read, the Bible says he was found in the temple. He went to his father's house. He wasn't loitering around. He wasn't playing trancy. It wasn't as if he was going to, you know, do sightseeing. Ah, what are they doing? How did they kill the ram there? Is it the blood that they put there? Is it only the blood? Is it the pan? How come they carried the knife and they carried it like this? That wasn't his purpose. He was there to learn. And so they didn't, they didn't, have, they didn't have to start, you know, Saying, oh, we saw him over there. Ah, no, he has left here since. He's, now he's, at, he's at the side where there are people are killing ram. Oh, no. Ah, he left here two minutes ago. You can check him where they are selling do uh, turtle doves. No. He was seated with the teachers, the rabbis. He was in the temple. So our service in church is to achieve a particular purpose. You need to understand and ask yourself, what is my purpose? What do I want to achieve in my father's house? 
is not to come and look for a man to marry. Or to a woman to marry. You know, you've heard stories of people that they say, ah, you know, when I saw that that sister was in the choir, I joined the choir. So that we can be close. That's not your purpose. It can come along the way, but that is not your purpose in your father's house. It's not because you came to enjoy good worship. Ah, Kingsby Choir. They're very good. The music is very nice. It will lift you up. Is that not your purpose? Hallelujah. It's not because we came to hear good word. Ah, there's word. Ah, they know how to split word in that place. You will hear the exegesis, the revelation. They will split Latin and Hebrew and Hebrew for you. You will get it. That's not your purpose. Me, yeah, it's just I just come to serve God to just listen to the word of God and go. I just I don't want to be anywhere. I just want to be a bench woman. Do you realize that that bench that you are warming was put there by somebody? That bench that you, that you say you are warming, somebody put it there because the person understands their purpose that people need to sit. Hallelujah. So what are you fulfilling in your father's house? What purpose are you fulfilling in your father's house? Have you come to realize that this is your father's house. Do you have a sense of ownership? About said church. Yes, we know that the, the, the temple is not where, in, you understand, God's, God is inside us. But he still said, don't you know that I will be in my father's house? So what purpose are we fulfilling in our father's house? The number two thing or two characteristics or quality that we need to possess to serve in our father's house is sacrifice. Sacrifice. Bible talks about the fact that Jesus was away from his parents for three days. I need you to understand this. This is a 12-year-old boy. Three days without his parents. Some of us will, will go into a frenzy if our child is not around us in six hours. Three days, 72 hours. In three days, he was sitting down, listening to the rabbis teach. Teaching about him. Hallelujah. You know, some of us, when we hear small words, when you get small words like this, you begin to flex muscles. You think you know everything. Pastor didn't preach that message very well. In fact, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't. That, that interpretation he gave it mm, is not correct. I've heard it from another man of God. 
interpretation is not correct. They were talking about him. And he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't say, ah, you put it down. And yeah, it's me. I've arrived. He said he was listening. And he was asking questions. And answering. For a 12-year-old boy to sit down in a temple for 72 hours, it's a lot of sacrifice. Some of us cannot sit for five hours. The coin coin in our bum bum will be, be moving like this, moving like this, shaking like this, shaking like this. Asking, looking at your time, what is Reverend preaching? Is it an everlasting message? Ah, people have something to do. But that's a lot of sacrifice for a 12-year-old. Because you know night will fall. It meant he was sleeping anywhere he could find. It meant he would eat whatever he had he could find. It wasn't as if anybody had a, a, a particular, you know, affiliation towards him. It was just a random guy, a random boy. Three days. That means he deprived himself of comfort for the sake of his father's house. We need to get to that point where we'll be ready to sacrifice anything for the father's house. If it has to do, our, to do with our comfort, are we ready to sacrifice our comfort for our father's house? Because there's no way we can give acceptable service when sacrifice is not involved. Because every time things cannot be convenient for you all the time. It cannot be convenient every time. Because if you have to walk according to your convenience, the work will not move forward. We won't get to the permanent site. Hallelujah. So we will have to discomfort ourselves. We will have to make sacrifices for the sake of the Father's house. Hallelujah. What is the level of sacrifice that I'm willing to give? You know, in the past few days, you know, there's, it's been trending about a Ukrainian um, soldier that blew himself up. That was the only way he could stop the Russians from coming in. They were coming into mainland Ukraine and the soldiers had tried to stop them. And they needed to blow up a bridge to at least, you know, slow down the Russians. And this young boy, he's a young boy. He was a young boy. Go and check his picture online. Young boy cannot be more than 28. When he got there and he found out he couldn't detonate on time and get to safety, he blew himself up with a bridge. He paid the ultimate sacrifice for his father's, for his fatherland. You know, Everybody has been celebrating him online, but you know that if this guy wasn't a Christian, he's going to meet a worse end 
Because it's going to be eternity of suffering in hell. Even though the world will call him a hero. He paid the ultimate sacrifice for a kingdom that does not have value. That does not have eternal value. What sacrifice are you going to pay for the kingdom that has eternal value? Or what sacrifice are you willing to pay for the kingdom that has eternal value for your father's house? Are we willing to pay any sacrifice at all? Or it has to be according to my comfort. See, we can't move forward if we're not ready to pay sacrifices. The kingdom of God, the foundation of the kingdom of God was on sacrifice. The son of God laid down his life. That's the foundation of the kingdom. That's the foundation of the kingdom. It was founded on sacrifice. Number three. Three, number three quality that we need to have is passion. Passion. And we can see this in the story that we read about Jesus. You can see the energy he was using, you know, listening, asking questions, asking questions, willing to know, wanting to understand a 12-year-old boy By hindsight, now we know he was the savior of the world. But at that time, he was just a random 12-year-old who was passionate about his father's house. What are they even saying? Are they teaching my people well? You can see in his response to, to his earthly parents, he demonstrated it in his answer to them. It was like, why are you surprised? It's necessary for me to be here. It is important for me to be here. It is my duty to be here. That is passion. I need to be occupied about my father's business. That's my main preoccupation. I'm dreaming, I'm thinking about it. I'm ruminating over how it's the, the church will move forward. My, my father's house will move forward. will make progress. Passion. Hallelujah. We must be passionate about our father's house. Because it's our father's house. And so when we, you know, when we're passionate about it, we won't do it half-heartedly. They won't say come at 8 o'clock and you're strolling at 8.30. You don't have the father's house yet. You don't have the heart of the father's house. Hallelujah. They won't call you and say, oh, daddy's not feeling well. Oh. And he says he wants to see you now. Now. He said, hey, wait now. Tell him that when I finish this Arsenal match, I will come. He won't die. Oh. Even 
even if that is the way he's always doing, you will still enter your trouser and run because you know whether this is the last one. Hallelujah. You will be passionate about it. I remember there was a day I was coming back from work. It was late. As I was getting close to my house, my stepmother called me and said, your daddy has started again. He's, I don't know, I can't handle him anymore. You need to come. That was around nine or thereabouts. I was just coming back from a hard day's job. The moment I heard my daddy, every tiredness left me. I rushed to the house. I called my husband. I said, I'm going to Festac from Obanikoro to Festac at nine. I said, they said, daddy is not feeling well and he's asking for me. In fact, they said he's beginning to say all sorts of things. I said, I have to go. I have to go now. Mother said, you can't go alone. We got there. Then we had to drive him from Festac to Ikoyi. No, was it Victoria Island? To go and admit him in the hospital. I got home around maybe like 1 a.m. or thereabouts. That's my father, my dad. I don't have to. Hallelujah. Are we passionate about our father's house? Or we think our other children will do it after all. If I don't do it, but our lady will do it. There are many children in the father's house. When we are passionate about the father's house, they won't need to call us or remind us of what we need to do. They won't need to call you. You, are, you have your inner motivation because it's your father's house. You will even be surprised when people are not pulling their weight. You'll be wondering, what's the, what's the matter with you? Why are you doing like this? You will be shocked. You will be surprised. Why? Because you have the, the father's house at heart. Is this where your treasure is? Then your heart will be. But if you see that it's just number two, I can't meet the streets. And not your father's house. You would be passionate about it. Hallelujah. Look at what happened in Matthew 12 to 1. Matthew 21 verse 12 and 13. Matthew 21, verse 12 and 13. Talking about Jesus. He says, upon entering Jerusalem, Jesus went directly into the temple area. Are we surprised? The moment he entered into a city, he's going to his father's house. He says, Jesus went into the temple area and drove away all the merchants who were buying and selling their goods. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the stands of those selling doves. And he said to them, my dwelling place will be known as a house of prayer, but you have made it a hangout for thieves. He was angry. You think it's just small, you think it's small, small table like this? Gedu, real wood. He says, only him, he was overturning tables. One man overturning tables. A table that two or three people would have brought. He alone was overturning it. He was personally, why are you doing this? One man army. That's 
a passionate person. That he will say, if it is only me, I will get it done. What is it? Is it the whole church? I will sweep it. He was a one-man army. He was passionate about his father's house. Those who translated the Bible into Latin, the guy who translated wrote a commentary on Matthew 21, 12. He said that when Jesus was overturning the table, a certain fiery and starry light shone from his eyes. And the majesty of God gleamed in his face. A certain fiery light shone from his eyes. He couldn't be held down. He was like, what? My father's house? This is the passion that God wants us to have. Serving in our father's house. This is my father's house. Is it yours? Are you sure? number four characteristic that we need to have humility humility still talking about that scripture we see Jesus 100% God 100% man sitting down quietly and being taught about himself Hundred percent God, hundred percent man. They were teaching him about himself. He said, "Is our God?" Ah. On the first day, he created. He just said, mm. "Hallelujah, humility." You don't know everything, even if you do. Keep quiet. You know, I was watching this uh, Mount Zion movie. And um, there was Abejo, Abejo or something. And then this Baba just got born again from, you know, uh, from being an occultic. And he was talking about the stories that the pastor told him to his daughter-in-law, who knows the Bible. So he called, uh, uh, is it uh, the, the, the man with the demons of Gadara? He said, Gafara. He said, ah, that man. In the land of Gafara. The daughter said, the daughter said, eh? I said, ah, 5,000 demons. They are king. They are what, chief? He said, eh? Humility. The son said, it's not Gafara. Not Gafara. It's Gadara. Humility. The woman sat down, was listening, encouraging him. Knowing that he's a young believer. Humility. Not pulling ourselves. No, Reverend has said it this morning. Somebody is just uh, three, how many years in the Lord or in the church. They made him, they say, ah, hey. mm-hmm. if not that pastor is not, uh, it's not looking well. <laughs> mm-hmm. hey. Anyway, what will, we, what will Musa not say at the gate? Is it not shush? There's nothing we will not see. If not, you. Ah, when they started this show, where were you? 
humility. We will not seek honor. Our goal will not be to seek honor, but to get the work done. But to get the work done. In John 13, verse 3 to 5, talking about when Jesus Christ was washing the feet of his followers. Bible says now Jesus was fully aware that the father had placed all things under his control. He knew that all things were already under his control. Yet, he got up from his meal and took off his outer robe and took a towel and wrapped it around his waist. Then he poured water in the basin and began to wash the disciples' dirty feet. This one qualified it. He said he was washing the disciples' dirty feet and dried them with his towel. Hallelujah. He didn't consider washing their feet as being, you know, <laughs> beneath him. He said, you go and wash them. They say, because I came late. Me, to wash toilets. Wonderful. This work. There's nothing you will not see you. Nothing. Imagine that's a small pastor daddy. How I many when did he come to this church? Eh? We saw him when he was a single man. Eh? He's the one telling me to go to the toilet. <laughs> ah! Wow. Nothing should be too big for you to do. As long as it has to do with the father's house. It's the father's house. Hallelujah. I remember when, you know, before I joined this church, when I got married, my former church, we were building. And the pastor called for people to come and assist in the building. He just said, you know, we had a chance that we used to say that time, the Lord has called us to build a house for him, we'll be strong and, and we will do it. And as we build, we will prosper. As we build, we will prosper. Come and see managers, bankers, oga. Saturday, they were carrying pom pom on their head. Because Reverend said, let's come and do this for our father. It's not as if there were no laborers. You will see them carrying on their head. They say, me, me, I've done three. I've done four. Big, big men. They were excited. The ones that cannot, that don't have power to carry, were carrying shovel. The ones that don't have that power, they carry bo bucket of water. They say, at least, they will say that my effort was in this place. They had paid money. They had already contributed to the building fund. Reverend just said, any one of you that is available any time of the day, we're building throughout, you know, this month, next month. We want to make sure that this thing, you know, on, we want to complete it on time. So if you are available, just come. Let's build it. See people coming. Big, big men. They will leave their work during lunch break to come and carry shovel. Some of us say, eh, I have a meeting. It's because you're alive now that you're meeting. Hallelujah. It is after all we are paid. Or they will say, ah, Reverend, please, 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 please. We're very busy. 
If you need people, tell us. We will get 35 more, sh- more laborers. Let the work be done. How can you be telling us to come and be doing shovel? I mean, at my level. What if my, my, judgment, my office member sees me? How, how do you want me to face men there? They didn't do that. They were doing it. It was like a competition. They were excited. Ah, I saw it early. Only three people are panting like this. Oh, oh, oh. We cannot take it for missionary work, yo. They were excited. Doing it with all of their heart. They were joyful. That's when you have the father's heart. Hallelujah. Same thing. You go to the toilet. You find it dirty. They say, oh, Lord, have mercy. These cleaners are not doing anything here. Oh, come on, come on. There's no touch tissue. Ooh. How many times have I washed that toilet? Sometimes I will see blood. I will rinse it. I will brush it. I will come out. It's my father's house. Children's church, plenty times. Now as the security man. I will go and check. I will sweep. I don't have ears. Because the one that had ears became barren. You remember our story? How can you, the wife of the, the, the king of Israel, be doing like this? It is before the one who demoted your father and made me king. That's the one I am doing anyhow for. I don't have ears. You go around the church auditorium, you see the surroundings, pick the paper. They won't write it on your head. They just pick paper now. They won't sweet it. You see envelopes littered. Sometimes I will see envelopes littered. I will carry it. I will move everything, move it back there. It doesn't cost me anything. If it is in my house, I will do it. So why can't I do it in my father's house? Hallelujah. How many of us, our parents sell minerals and water and all of that? Oh no, all those petty things. And then you go and visit them. And somebody is knocking on the door. Bag, 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 bag. Mofera pure water. Mofera pure water. They say, ah. Oh gosh. I'm from Lekki. I don't do this. Um, who's there? Someone's at the door. They want to buy pure water. You will go and ask, how much? Because you know that is the money they used to train you. Correct? You will go and say, uh huh. What can I do for you? I want to see mommy. What? I want to be up here. What? How many? Four. Enter the freezer. One, two, three, four. Give us correct. Put them for lie long. <laughs> Give it to the person. Collect the money. I say, mommy. Um, somebody came to buy a pair of water for. Give the money to the person. It's your father's house. It is your mother's business. So you have a heart for it. Is this your father's house? Is Kingsfield Church your father's house? Is it really your father's business? We will see it in your actions. It's not by mouth. We will see it. It will be palpable. Your passion will show. Your humility will be evident. Your sacrifice will speak for itself. Your focus 
will be clear. Hallelujah. If we don't do it, nobody else will. Hallelujah. We need to be about our father's business. This is not a, this is not a message. This is a, a charge for a change. In our character, in our attitude, in our disposition. Not a three months fickle thing. But a lifetime change. A call to repentance. You know, repentance is not, by, it's not sin alone. Repentance means you turn away from your old way and you do something new. This is a call to repentance. As I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to myself because I'm not exempt. We need to be about our father's house. Serving in our father's house. Hallelujah. Our father means business. But he needs people that will do the work with him. He's going to give us ideas. He's going to open our eyes to things. But we are the ones that will have to what? Do it. Do it. He said, don't you know that I'll be about my father's business? Don't you know that I will be in my father's house? What's surprising for you? Is it surprising that I'm in my father's house? Hallelujah. Let's have this attitude that our service, yes, is for the kingdom of God, but it's our father's house as well. If we say we are indeed children of God, then we should be our fa- about our father's business. We should be dedicated to our father's house. You have a talent. You have an idea. But you're not bringing it forth because you're afraid. And if you bring it forth like Joseph, they will tell you to manage it. Say, ah, oh, I bring that thought. Pastor will say, I should come and hide it. I don't have time. So let the thoughts, let it stay in me. You don't have the father's house heart. Hallelujah. How many of you would they hear that your father's house is breaking? No, the roof has left there. Ah, am I the only child? Oh, we are many. You'll be rushed. Even if you don't have the money, we call your siblings together and say, Daddy, Daddy's roof, Daddy's roof, Daddy's roof. Hallelujah. This is a call to repentance for all of us that we should start, you know, thinking about it. And making amends where needs be. I want you to close your eyes and just talk to your daddy. Talk to him. Let's just talk to daddy and say, Daddy, I'm sorry. I know I've been, I haven't been up to par. I'm sorry about it. I'm going to be about your business. I propose in my heart no more lukewarmness. No more lukewarmness. No more I don't care attitude. My focus, I'm going to be purposeful in my focus, in my work with you. 
I'm going to give it everything. I'll be passionate about it. I will make the necessary sacrifice. And Lord, I will not pride myself. I will not carry myself too highly. I will do whatever it takes. Whatever needs to be done. If there's nobody else, you can count on me, Lord. You can count on me. Help me, Lord. Help me. Help me, Lord. Help me. Help me, Lord. I just heard that the Lord say that in the Father's house, we've asked for too many privileges, but in every house, there, is, there are also responsibilities. So let's not always think of our father's house only in terms of privilege. Oh, God is my father. He will not let me be put to shame. Oh, God is my father. He will not let me suffer. Oh, God is my father. He will provide the money for me. Oh, God is my father. He's going to give me that job. Oh, God is my father. He's going to make them to favor me. Oh, God is my father. He's going to do this for me. Oh, God is my father. He's going to do that for me. God is my father. What am I going to do for him? There are also responsibilities as there are privileges in the Father's house. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name.